0: Hello everybody. Good morning. Uh this is Candace Edwards, a small person with a huge voice. Um today we will be discussing the corrupt business of child protective services. Um it's from the legislative desk of Nancy Schaefer, um the 50th district of Georgia. Uh this was written November 16th, of 2007. It was updated September 25th, 2008. Um I know a lot of people who know me personally um know that I personally have had dealings with DHR. I've had dealings with DHR since two thousand and eight. Um with my very first child. It was nothing that I did wrong as a parent other than being poor. Um just because a parent is poor does not mean that it gives the right for the judges to terminate the parental rights of a child. Um, When they actually terminate parental rights of a child, they're adopting these children out, Um, which, as you know now, uh, there's quote-unquote adoption bonuses uh, for foster parents here in the United States. I'm sure that it's everywhere across the nation, but I do wanna open some folks' eyes because people who think that people who deal with DHR um, think that most parents are horrible parents. Um, They think that, you know, there was a reason why DHR stepped in uh, that, you know, they couldn't raise a child right, they beat their child, they neglected their child, or whatever the case may be, and that's simply not true. There's parents who actually need the help of HHS, um, Human Health Services, or, uh, here in Alabama, it's, uh, Department of Human Resources, um, In 2019, my child, my youngest child, my fifth child, was kidnapped by Etowah County DHR. Um, I've told my story several times um, across the internet. I do have a podcast on Anchor, um, a small person with a huge voice. That's hence where the page comes from. I've laid off. A little bit about um, doing podcasts because I've been so busy about trying to find resources, trying to find help. Because I know for a fact that I was not in the wrong. Just because I got locked up, I was only locked up for seven and a half months, um, does not mean that I am a horrible parent. I'm a horrible person, individual. Um... In 22 months total and I honestly feel and believe that this was planned Um, and I know for a fact that it was pushed by the foster parents and yes I will say the foster parents names Eric and Lizzie Kiker Um, they were actually somebody that was supposed to be family friends who later deceived me and everybody else that was around Uh, That knew anything about it. Anyways. um, Like I said. This is by Nancy Schaefer. It's a couple pages long. So y'all bear with me. Um, This is uh, stating facts. Um, Like I said. This is from a Georgia senator. Who is no longer alive. Because she stood up. And because. Of people who stand up. Unfortunately. Our government likes to take them down. Um, but anyways, it says, in my introduction into child protective services, cases was due to a grandmother in an adjoining state who called me with her tragic story. Her two granddaughters had been taken from her daughter who lived in my district. Her daughter was told wrongly that if she wanted to see her children again, she should sign a paper and give up her children. Frightened and young, the daughter did, like so many. I have since discovered that parents are often threatened into cooperation of permanent separation of their children. The children were taken into another county and placed into foster care. The foster parents were told wrongly, and they could not adopt the children. The grandmother then jumped through every hoop known to man in order to get her granddaughters. When the case finally came to court, it made evident by one of the foster parents' children that the foster parents had, at any given time, 18 foster children, and that the foster mother had an inappropriate relationship with the caseworker. In the courtroom, the judge, the juvenile judge acted as though she was shocked and said the two girls would re- be removed quickly. Mm. They were not removed. Finally, after much pressure being applied to the Department of Family and Children's Services of Georgia, DF's... CS, the children were driven to South Georgia and met their grandmother, who gladly drove to meet them. After being with their grandmother two or three days, the judge quite, out of blue, wrote up a new order to send the girls to their father, who previously had no interest in girl in the case, and lived on the west coast. The father was an adult in entertainment. His girlfriend worked as an escort, and his brother who also worked in the business, had sexual charge brought against him. With a couple of days, the father was knocking on the grandmother's door and took the girls kicking and screaming to California. The father developed an unusual relationship with the former foster parents and soon moved to the southeast. The foster parents began driving to the father's residence and picking up the little girls for visits. The oldest child had her mother and grandmother on two different occasions that the foster father molested her. To this day, after five years, this loving, caring, blood-relative grandmother does not even have visitation privileges with the children. The little girls are, in my opinion, permanently traumatized. And the young mother of the girls was so traumatized with shock when the girls were first removed from her that she has never completely recovered. The mother has rights, but the father still has custody of the children. Throughout this case and throughout the process of dealing with the multiple other mismanaged cases of the Department of Family and Children's Services, DFCS, I have worked with other desperate parents across the state of Georgia and in many other states because their children were taken for no reason and they have no one with whom to turn. I have witnessed ruthless behavior from many caseworkers, social workers, investigators, lawyers, judges, therapists and others such as those who pick up the children. I have been stunned by what I have seen and heard from the victims all across this land. In this report, I have focused mainly on the Georgia Department of Family and Children's Services, DFCS. However, I believe Child Protective Services nationwide has become corrupt and that the entire system is broken beyond repair. I am convinced parents and families should be warned of the dangers. The Department of Child Protective Services, known as Department of Family and Children's Services, DFCS, in Georgia and other titles in other states, has become protected empire built on taking children and separating families. This is not to say that there are not those children who do need to be removed from wretched situations and need protection. However, this report is concerned with the children and parents caught up in a legal kidnapping. Ineffective policies and the agency that on certain occasions would not remove a child or children when the child endured torment and abuse. In one county in my district, I arranged a meeting for 37 families to speak freely and without fear. These poor parents and grandparents spoke of their painful, heart-wrenching encounters with the FCS. Their suffering was overwhelming. They wept and cried. Some did not know where their children were and had not seen them in years. I had witnessed the Jespo at work, and I witnessed that deceitful conditions under which children were taken in the middle of the night, out of hospitals, off the school buses, and out of homes. In one county, a private drug testing business was operating within the agency's department that required many, many drug tests from parents and individuals for profits. It has already made over $100,000. Due to being exposed, several employees in this particular office were fired. However, they have now been rehired, either in neighboring counties or in the same county again. According to the calls I am now receiving, the conditions in that county are returning to the same practices they had before the light was shone on their evil deeds. Having worked with probably 300 cases statewide and now hundreds and hundreds across this nation in nearly every state, I'm convinced there is no responsibility and no accountability in the Child Protective Services system. I have come to the conclusion that poor parents very often are targeted to lose their children because they do not have the wherewithal to hire lawyers and to fight the system. Being poor does not mean you are not a good parent or that you do not love your child or that your child should be removed and placed with strangers. That all parents are capable of making mistakes and that making mistakes does not mean your child are to be removed from the home. Even if the home is not perfect, it is home. It's not where, and that's where, I'm sorry, and that's where a child is the safest and where he or she wants to be with family. That parenting classes, anger management classes, counseling referrals, therapy classes, and on and on are demanded of parents with no compassion by the system, even while the parents are at work and while their children are separated from them. Sometimes parents are required to pay for the programs. This can take months or even years, and it emotionally devastates both children and parents. Parents are victimized by the system that makes a profit for holding children longer, and bonuses for not returning children to their parents. That caseworkers and social workers are very often guilty of fraud. They withhold and destroy evidence. They fabricate evidence. And they seek to terminate parental rights unnecessarily. However, when charges are made against Child Protective Services, the charges are ignored. That the separation of families and the snatching of children are growing as a business because local governments have grown accustomed to having taxpayer dollars to balance their ever-expanding budgets. That Child Protective Services and Juvenile Court can always hide behind a confidentiality clause in order to protect their decisions and keep the funds flowing. There should be an open records and court watches. Look who is being paid. Their state employees, lawyers, court investigators guardian ad litem, court personnel, and judges. they are psychologists, psychiatrists, counselors, caseworkers, therapists, foster parents, adoptive parents, and on and on. All are looking for the children in state custody to provide job security. Parents do not realize that, so, that the social workers are the glue that holds the system together and funds the court funds the court-appointed attorneys, and the multiple other jobs, including the system's psychiatrists, therapists, and their own attorneys and others. That the Adoption and the Safe Families Act set in motion first in 1974 by Walter Mondale and later in 1997 by President Bill Clinton offered cash bonuses to states for every child they adopted out of foster care. In order to receive the adoption incentive bonuses, Local child protective services need more children. They must have merchandise, quote unquote, our children, that sells. And you must have plenty so the buyer can choose. Some counties are known to give 4000 to $6,000 bonus for each child adopted out to strangers and an additional 2000 for a special needs child. Employees work to keep the federal dollars flowing. State Departments of Human Resources, DHR, and Affiliates are given baseline number of expected adoptions based on population. For every child DHR and CPS can get adopted, there is a bonus of 4,000 or maybe 6,000. But that is the only beginning figure in the formula in which each bonus is multiplied by the percentage that the state has managed to exceed its baseline adoption number. Therefore, states and local communities work hard to reach their goals to increase numbers of adoptions for children in foster care. There is double dipping. The funding continues as long as the child is out of the home. There is funding for foster care. Then, when a child is placed with a new family, then adoption bonuses funds are available. When a child is placed in a mental health facility and is on 16 drugs per day, like two children of the constituent of mine, More funds are involved, and so is Medicaid. As you can see, the program is ordered from very top to run by Health and Human Resources. This is why victims of CPS get no help from their legislators. It explains why my bill, SB 415, suffered such defeat in the judicial community. Why was cut off at every juncture. Legislators and governors must remember who funds their paychecks. That there are no financial resources and no real drive to unite family and help keep them together or provide effective care. That the incentive for social workers to return children to their parents quickly after taking them has disappeared. And who in protective services will step up to the plate and say, this must end. No one. Because they are all in the system, together. And a system with no leader No clear policies will always fail the children. Just look at the waste in government that is forced upon the taxpayers. That's a policy manual is considered the last word for CPS, DFCS. However, it is too long, too confusing, poorly written, and does not take law into consideration. That if the lives of the children were improved by removing them from their homes, There might be a greater need for protective services, but today, children aren't safer. Children of whom I'm aware have been raped, impregnated in foster care. It is known fact that children are in much more danger in foster care than they are in their own home, even though home may not be perfect. That some parents are even told if they want to see their children or grandchildren, They must divorce their spouse, many who are underprivileged feeling they have no option will divorce and then just continue to live together. This is an anti-family policy, but parents will do anything to get their children home with them. However, when the parents cooperate with the Child Protective Services, their behavior is interpreted as guilt when nothing could be further from the truth. Fathers, non custodial parents, I must add, are oftentimes treated as criminals without access to visit or even see their own children and have child support payments strangling the very life of them. That the foster parent's bill of rights does not stress that a foster parent is there temporarily to care for a child until the child can be returned home. Many foster parents today use the Foster Parent Bill of Rights as a means to hire a lawyer and seek to adopt the child placed in their care from the real parents who are desperately trying to get their child home and out of the system. Recently in Atlanta, a young couple learning to be new parents and loving it were told because of the anonymous complaint their daughter would be taken into custody by the state DFCS. The couple was devastated and and then was required by DFCS to take parenting classes, alcohol, counseling, psychological evaluations if they wanted to get their child back. All the course costs money, for which most parents are required to pay. While in anxiety and turmoil to get their child home, the baby was left for hours in the car to die in the heat in her car seat by foster parents, who forgot about the child. This should never have happened. It is tragic. In many cases, after the parents have jumped through all the hoops, they stu- still do not get their children home. As long as the child is not returned, there is money for the agency, for foster parents, for adoptive parents, and for the state. That tax dollars are being used to keep gigantic systems afloat. Yet the victims' parents, grandparents, guardians, and especially the children are charged for the system services. That grandparents have called from all over the state of Georgia from other states trying to get custody of their grandchildren. CPS claims relatives are contacted but there are many many cases that prove differently. Grandparents who lose their children grandchildren to strangers have lost their own flesh and blood. The children lose their family heritage and grandparents and parents too lose all connection to their hairs. That the National Center on child abuse and neglect in 1998 reported that six times as many children died in foster care than in general public that once removed to official safety these children are far more likely to suffer abuse including sexual molestation than in the general population think what number is today 10 years later that according to california little hoover commission report in 2003 30% to 70% of the children in California group homes do not belong there and should not have been removed from their homes. Recommendations? Call for an independent audit of the state of Child Protective Services and for a federal congressional hearing on the Child Protective Services nationwide. Activate immediate change. Every day that passes means more families and children are subject to being held hostage and their lives destroyed. Abolish the federal and state financial incentives that have turned Child Protective Services into a business that separates families for money. Grant to parents the rights verbally and in writing. Mandate a search for family members to be given opportunity to adopt their own relatives if children need to be removed permanently. Mandate a jury trial where every piece of evidence is presented before permanently removing a child from his or her parents. Open family court. Remove the secrecy. Allow the press and the family members access. Give parents the opportunity in court to speak and be a part of their children's future. Require a warrant or a positive emergency circumstances before removing children from their parents. Judge Arthur G. Christian, Utah Bar Journal, Journal, January 1997, reported that accepting emergency circumstances, including the need for immediate Medical care require warrants upon affidavits of probable cause before entry upon private property is permitted for the forcible removal of children from their parents. Uphold the laws when someone fabricates or presents false evidence. If a parent alleges fraud, hold a hearing with the right discovery of all evidence made available to parents. Final remarks. On my desk are scores of cases Of exhausted families and terrified children it has been beyond me to turn my back on these suffering crying beaten down individuals we are mistreating the most innocent child protective services have become an adult-centered business detriment of our children no longer is judgment based on what the child needs or who the child wants to be with whom or what really is best for the whole family It is some adult or bureaucrat who makes the decisions based often on just hearsay without ever consulting a family member or just what is convenient, profitable, or less troublesome for social workers. I have witnessed such injustice and harmful brought to so many families that I am not sure if I can even believe reform of the system is possible. The system cannot be trusted. It does not serve the people. It obliterates families and children simply because it has the power to do so. Children deserve better. Our families deserve better. It is time to pull back the curtain and set our children and families free. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. For the rights of all who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Proverbs thirty-one, eight-nine. 9. This resonates with me deeply because I am one of those parents who was affected. My child was kidnapped. Many people say, oh, well, you know, if you didn't do what you did to get incarcerated, then you would still have your child. Unfortunately for me, that's incorrect. You know why? I'm a targeted parent. I was a foster child myself. Not only that, my social security number is already in the system because I am a veteran of the United States military. It is time that we all stand up. Family courts are judges. Lawyers don't deserve to be in our families. Yes, I understand Completely 100% that there are families who need help Who I can't necessarily say don't deserve to have their children in the home Maybe they need some type of parenting classes or something Not many people are taught From their own family how to be a parent Whereas most of the time When we look at parents or even look at children, we think, oh, well, their life is so perverse. How do we know that our own lives aren't perverse? What could be right to us could be completely wrong to them. My child was kidnapped completely. I was incarcerated for possession of a forged instrument. Of a $75 check. This was my first. And only charge that I have ever had. My whole entire life. I was 29 when I was arrested. When it first started. That was in 2017. Two years later. At 31. Because of the fact that I myself. Did not report to my probation officer. And they came out to my home. To check my home to make sure that. I was still living where I said I was living. They came out to check the home. And my stuff wasn't there in the home. Because the landlord was trying to illegally evict me from the house. And everything that I'm telling you, I have paperwork for. But because of the fact that my landlord illegally evicted me. Or tried to illegally evict me from my house because of the fact that I told him that I was not going to make any more payments on the house until he fixed what was supposed to be fixed. I was a brand new tenant. Didn't know nothing about the septic backing up into the toilet. Didn't know nothing about the kitchen sink being hooked up properly. The air conditioner didn't work. Leaks in the roof. My child couldn't live in that. So yes, I did make a conscious decision to move in with my boyfriend at that time until things had gotten fixed. Well, when things finally got fixed, unfortunately, that's when the probation officer come out to the house and to see, oh, well, she's not living there. She done gave me a false address, absconding. So here it is on a 22-month sentence I had to serve. Fortunately, I didn't serve 22 months. I served from January to June of 2020. That's what, six months? Six months out of my child's life. Because of the fact that... DHR tried to intervene the very first time with my daughter's life because she was a gastro baby. They was trying to do a medical kidnap. I signed a piece of paper over to somebody, giving them physical custody of my daughter. Even though I had physical custody, this was a piece of paper that was signed and notarized. DHR shouldn't have touched my child. I had already had plans for my child. If anything was to happen, if anything was to occur, But you know what? The judge, DHR, guardian ad litem, DHR's lawyer, they all ignored my right as a parent. Don't nobody know what's better for my child than I do. In those 17 months, I was locked up from beginning to end November 25th, 2019. They get custody of my child because of the person that she's with. They were in the process of getting their foster parents in license because of the fact that they didn't want their family children, their nieces and nephews, to go to fucking strangers. So they decided to become foster parents. While well, in the process of doing that, they were trying to get my child because they couldn't have children of their own. Okay? That, I honestly believe... Truly, it doesn't matter how many times that anybody can sit there and deny, it's obvious. Okay? 100% obvious. December 6th, 2019, the judge granted DHR over my orders as a parent to give DHR custody of my child. I did not get a search warrant from the judge. I did not get my 72-hour hearing whatsoever. Brittany Studdard, who was a DHR worker of Etowah County DHR, said she didn't know where I was, but yet it plainly states in the paperwork where I was at. Yet they could not show their face up there at Chambers County To let me know that they had custody of my child. Couldn't even give me a search warrant. I didn't get a letter or notification from DHR until December 12th, 2019. If that was me taking my neighbor's kids, or if that was you taking your neighbor's kids, kidnapping them, we would be buried up underneath the jail. DHR did not allow me to go to my daughter's doctor's visits. Wouldn't even tell me anything was wrong with my daughter. I had to find out through an app that my daughter was lactose intolerant. My daughter was frotose intolerant. But yet, they want to get on to me When I show up to visitations giving my daughter things that she shouldn't have had, I didn't know. I wasn't aware. Because DHR didn't do their duty to let me, the parent, know. Wouldn't even let me go to the doctor. They want to scream COVID, COVID, COVID. No. COVID ain't shit. Period. Point blank. I know this is going to get up underneath some people's skin. I truly honestly know this. And I'm not going to apologize for it because it's not COVID that's killing folks. It's the underlying condition. And then on top of that, the CDC, Dr. Fossey has lied to us Americans. DHR used COVID to stop me from going to my daughter's doctor visits when she herself was a special needs Child, I had visitations kept for me that wasn't ordered by the judge. They wanted me to do drug tests. DHR did. But here's the thing. Number one, if the judge does not come at you with a search warrant for your piss, your hair, your nail follicles, your saliva, you do not have to give that to them. That is a legal search and seizure. Don't believe me? Look it up. They terminated my rights on things that it was going to take time to fix. Let me just tell y'all what they used against me to terminate my rights. And I'm sorry, I am not afraid to put my case out there, whatsoever. I use my personal case to help other parents to let them know that they are not alone in this fight, in this battle. I can't be the only person to do this, guys. And I need your help. That's why I put my stuff out in the open. Because I am not afraid. I am the one that will stand up. They used the fact that I didn't have driver's license. They used the fact that I didn't have a vehicle. However, I had two vehicles this past year. Okay, One, I had a wreck. And it was totaled. The other one that I had gotten, not even a week, it was like three days after I had my wreck, I had turned around and put cash on another vehicle. Unfortunately, it was stolen. Because I was hanging around some folks that I shouldn't have been. Bad judgment. I take that on me, but still, they knew I had a vehicle. They wanted to use my ex's drug charge, which, by the way, I was nowhere around, near, or anything. We weren't even together when he got this charge. They wanted to use domestic violence, which me and him had gotten in a domestic violence situation exactly a week. And this is the only time that had ever, anything like that had ever occurred. And I did everything that I was supposed to do. I called the police. I made a fucking report. I moved my motherfucking ass out of the house. And guess what? My child wasn't even in the home with me. So how the fuck they can use that again? I don't even know. That is beyond me. Like, that is fucking mind blown. Like, you cannot use something like that. Especially if your child is not even there. My child wasn't even in harm's way. My child was in a foster home. But yet, they use that. Uh, They use the fact that I wouldn't do the psych evaluation, and I'm going tell you why I didn't do the psych evaluation, because of the fact that I sat in that, this office with this man for, mm, give or take, about 30 minutes, probably, enough time for him to sit there and tell me that he was gonna do an eight-page report, okay? Telling the judge about my personality Um, about any disorders, disabilities that I may have, and whether or not if I could be a parent. I'm sorry. A piece of paper is not going to tell the judge whether or not if I can be a parent, first and foremost. They used the fact that I didn't do the parenting classes. But you know why I didn't do the parenting classes? Because when DHR originally tried to take my daughter from me while she was in Children's Hospital... I was there with my daughter every single day. Didn't even leave my daughter's side unless I went to work, which was right there at the Birmingham Children's, uh, I'm sorry, Birmingham Burger King, right there at Children's Hospital. <laughs> Not even, what, 20 feet away from the hospital is that, give or take? They, they could have called me any given time. They could have called my work. They could have called my cell phone. I, they had every single number. That was available to me if they needed me. They made me do parenting classes before they would even shit out my, cl- my case. Okay? My daughter wasn't taken from me at that time. They tried to. Um, but I had done their safety plan and complied with all their orders at that time. So I got my parenting license. But also, let's not forget, I was also a mandated reporter for the state of Alabama. I've been a mandated reporter for the state of Alabama since 2017. Yeah, 2017 when she was born, all the way up to 2021. So, I apologize if I feel like I don't need parenting classes. Parenting classes do not expire. There's no expiration date on these classes. So, therefore, I do not feel like I should have to continuously take these classes over and over again. All these things that DHR has sat there and and done and has sat there and tried to take my rights. Or they did. But, like, everything that they said that I wasn't doing, I had already done. I don't understand it, guys. I really don't. But, it's like this. You know, as parents, we're not perfect. Nobody is. We all make mistakes. I wish I would have known what I knew now when it comes to my other two that was terminated. They involuntarily, involuntarily terminated, terminated my rights and said that they did not see No change in the future. But what's so fucked up about the whole situation? I had already closed five other cases where DHR has tried to come in to my other prior children. Close them. Close them. How are you going to sit there and say that I'm fit for those two children, but yet say I'm unfit for this child? There's time. It's time for a reform. And I can't even necessarily say that a reform is going to do anything for it. I feel like. DHR needs to wear. Like the caseworkers need to wear cameras on their body. From the time that they step out. And, they, and from the time that they start their job. With each and every family. They need to have them cameras on. There's no accountability whatsoever. Y'all give me a minute. I'm having to uh, plug up my phone. uh, Because it's about to die. But. I also. Feel like. There needs to be cameras. In the homes of our foster parents. And we're going to continue to use this foster care system in the kitchens, in the living rooms, in the bedrooms, hallways. I know, you know, the bathroom, is a private area. But honestly, that's where a lot of things happen. Bathrooms, the bedrooms. If you're a foster parent, I feel like there should be cameras all over your house. I feel like if you you decide that you want to be a foster parent to help these families or whatever, that means you're giving up your freedoms to live privately in your house. Why? Because of the fact that you are taking care of somebody else's child. Not all foster parents are bad parents, okay? I will say that. But, in my experience, as a foster child... My foster mother, rest her soul, because she is now dead, was a horrible, horrible foster parent. I wasn't allowed to graduate high school. I had to go get my GED. I wasn't allowed to go to prom, you know, the football uh, games. I wasn't allowed to participate. And, like, cheerleading, volleyball, or anything like that. My childhood was taken away from me. I got sent off from my adopted parent to a children's home. Because I came forward because her son and her nephew raped me. My life was taken away from me. No child should have to put up with the things that I have and several other children have had to put up themselves. That's including my child. Do you know my very last visitation with my daughter, which was May the 12th, 2021, my daughter came. And at the time, okay, keep in mind, she's three, three years old. She had a black eye. This right here was bruised up. Her ankle looked like it was wrapped around something. Her underwear had blood in it, dried up blood. Like they sent, it was like they sent her to visitation with underwear that had blood on it. I can't sit there and say that, you know, they did something to my child. And I hope and pray that they didn't. But best believe, I will find out. And if something has been done to my child, woe and behold you. That's all I'm going to say. I'll go to jail for my child. I don't give a damn. Unfortunately, I have sat here And try to fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight for my child. And I will fight to the day that I die. I will fight for all five of my children. Two of them are with their grandparents right now. Unfortunately, I have not had a whole lot to do with them. Because of my personal situation. No, I haven't took them to court to go get my children back. Because of the fact that I'm dealing with DHR. And I don't want my children to be put in foster care when I know that their grandparents take very well care of them. Okay? They are spoiled. Teetotal spoiled. Both of them. Gabriel and Alice. Yes, it does hurt me that I can't be with them the way that I need to be with them. And I hope that they understand one day and I hope that they know that I do love them and I will do anything for them I literally had to sign give temporary custody to the grandparents because of the fact that I was homeless I didn't want my children to go from pillar to post don't judge me because I did what was best for my children I did what any mother would have done. you so much, so much, so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Y'all just keep me in your prayers. This battle is not over. It won't be over. It will not be over until I have Cadence back in my home. Lillian, back in my home. And Alana, back in my home. Gabriel and Alice, they will be back home too. But there's a bigger battle that I have to fight. This, I'm not doing this because I don't love Gabriel and Alice. Because trust me and believe me, I do. It took everything that I am as a mother and as a woman to put my children's needs first, above my own. Yeah. I literally could have (laughs) took them with me, pillar to post. Guess what? They would have ended up in the system. So I did what was best for them. I will be doing and picking up my podcasts. Like I said, there's I've had to focus more on my case. Uh, I can't find a lawyer uh, because none of the lawyers will stand up for what's right. So I am going to end up having to do my case because I don't have the money to sit there and hire the grade A top A lawyer for 70000 fucking dollars. I mean, it is what it is. But Guarantee I've learned a lot. <laughs> a complete lot. And I will be sharing everything that I've learned so that hopefully, maybe this will help another parent in their journey. Y'all, keep your heads up. For those of you that can, stand up. Stand up for what's right. Just remember, just because it don't happen to you or isn't happening to you doesn't mean it's not going to happen to your brother or sister, your neighbors, your cousins, aunts, uncles. Because it will. They literally, as in DHR, CPS, HHS, literally is trafficking our children. Human trafficking. And what's so bad about it? Our government knows this tyranny in our own land, guys. And guess what? Our fucking president don't even give a damn. And that's sad. (laughs) That's beyond sad. Senators, legislators, House of Representatives, I demand y'all to stand up and do what's right. Stop thinking and taking our lives as in us American citizens, like we ain't nothing. Like, I literally just watched a video from the Republican that literally said that FBI is targeting us parents. That's sad. That's so fucking sad. house. We're all going in a hell in a handbasket. Yeah, it's one bumpy ride. I tell you that much. Like I said, y'all please keep me in your prayers. Because I definitely need them. I, me, myself, right now I am going through a tough time in my life. And it's, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's been kind of hard. It really has. Unless you've had your rights terminated or your children yanked up out of your household, you'll never know what a parent like me, who is ironically a veteran, somebody who gave her own life up to protect yours. That's what I don't understand. Like, really? I'm fit enough to be in the military, but I'm not fit enough to raise my own children? America, wake up. Open your eyes. Till next guy next time guys. Peace, love and happiness.